Hello and welcome to another episode of What Do People Do podcast. Today we've been really lucky and we've got a special guest with us. Um, what we're going to do is get him to introduce himself. So what I'd like you to do is tell us your name, your age and what you do. Hello, so I'm Jacob Poutney. I'm 26 and I'm an assistant fashion designer. Oh, I think this is going to be every, every, ooh, time. every time. Yeah, It's because I'm so intrigued by people. But um, I think this is going to be a good episode because not... Us three don't think that we know much about fashion, really. We like to wear clothes, Whoa. especially Whoa. not me. <laughs> I mean, no, nothing about nothing about like yeah. yeah the ins and outs of fashion and that thing. So I think it's gonna be really interesting to speak with you and get a bit more in depth yeah, of what people do in the fashion industry. Exciting. Um, so we're gonna kick it off the same way we start every podcast, and we're gonna start a little bit deep. And the first question <laughs> we're gonna ask you is: so take yourself back a few years, ten-year-old Jacob Pountney. What did you want to be when you were ten? Oh my God, I wanted to be all sorts. Like, I think I wanted to be a pop star. I wanted to be an actor. Like, I remember wanting to be a chef at one point, like, <laughs> which is hilarious because I literally hate cooking. <laughs> I literally couldn't think of a worse thing to do. But I did also, one of my big things was I wanted to be a fashion designer. Yeah. So it's kind Ooh, of, it's yeah, it. <laughs> it's kind of always been, been in me, I guess. It's yeah. It's been in me a little bit. What do you think it is that's kind of been in you? What is, what is that? I, d I don't know, like, I just remember from when I was being really little, like, I just remember just being obsessed with clothes and just, yeah. like, seeing, like, people wearing stuff. I was I was always obsessed with magazines. Like, I was always reading, like, about about celebrities. I've always been a little bit obsessed with celebrity yeah. culture and reality TV. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was just, I, I just loved kind of, like, seeing what people were wearing. And I think, like, as I got older as well, I sort of... It became a lot more conscious about what I put on because obviously when you're little, your parents dress you. Yeah. And then yeah. you get to that age when you're like 12, 13, you're like, no, I don't, no, mum, I don't want to wear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my mum took me to Tesco for my clothes yeah. until, <laughs> until I was about 16. That's I think. abuse. That is abuse. <laughs> my mum's well, not Tesco because it's not too bad nowadays to be I know, fair. yeah. Some of their like um, work clothes are quite nice. Well, I've seen quite a lot of stuff on Instagram. Like someone um, I saw on LinkedIn, I think he was like a fashion blogger, was like posting, have I just walked into Tesco or Zara? Like, totally, <laughs> totally like flabbergasted. Hey, shout out to Tesco. There's stuff in there, yeah. We're not Apparently they do great jackets. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy that goes around rating all the cargo trousers from all like oh, the retail yeah. stores. So he's got like Tesco cargos, M&S, Sainsbury's. Yeah. 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 And he's yeah, like, yeah, I swear he said something about the Sainsbury's cargos being the best ones out there. So. Sainsbury's cargos. Your daily shopping your cargos. <laughs> so um, why fashion then? I know you said pop star and all this. I know you said you wanted to choose your own clothes, but a lot of people choose their own clothes on the 13. What took you down the route of pursuing a, a fashion design career? Um, it's funny because I have this like little sort of, I think I always liked the idea of like working in the fashion industry and I like, I, I wanted to, I think I love the idea of being a fashion journalist because I loved magazines. I yeah. loved, I loved reading. And I loved kind of this, glamorous lifestyle that it looked like it was going to be yeah. and then I did A-level English and I was like yeah I'm not doing <laughs> <laughs> not writing was it then like I think it was kind of I remember this actually little pinpoint moment which is really obscure but it, it really sticks out to me like we're going back about 10 years there was a girl on The Voice and she was called Leah McFall and she came into her audition and she yeah. had this big like vintage coat on and it had thinking back like it, it was hilarious like I think because I was really I just wanted to be this really sort of like quirky like different <laughs> yeah I was very sort of like just loved anything that was like quite funky and quite fun yeah I still do now but 
like I saw this, she had this coat on, it had seagulls all over it. And I don't know what it was, like it was so hideous, but I loved it. Yeah. And it was just, I was really like fascinated by it. I remember thinking, I need this coat, but it, she she probably got it from a vintage shop or yeah, something. Like the yeah. kind of thing you could just like go one of a kind of yeah, yeah, you couldn't just go and buy it on the high street. And I remember yeah. like going around loads of charity shops and everything and I couldn't find what I wanted. So I think it was actually like um, my mum that said to me, like, why didn't you try and make it one yourself? Yeah. Because I think it was like, I think I'd just done my GCSEs like... I'd done, I'd done textiles at GCSE, but it was like, and I liked it, but it was never kind of, it never stuck in my head like, oh, this is what I wanted. Yeah. So was it, was it the factor that you wanted a piece of clothing that was hard to find? Yeah. Like that, yeah. that sort of prestigious thing about it, obviously. Some of the kind. Everyone wears. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, I guess like, I mean, maybe there was this slightly sort of obnoxious part of 16 year old me that was like, no, I want to be different. Like why well, I don't yeah, want to be like yeah. everybody yeah. else. But at the same time, I think the thing that's still with me now is I just love this idea of like having, I've loved this idea of creating stuff. And yeah. like, also, I guess like, it just seemed to naturally be in me that I wanted to like take something that was different and make it make it my own also just have something of my own and it just took off from there really like i think you need to have that creative side where you want to pick something up and make it different make yeah. it your own to, to thrive in the fashion industry i think if you just yeah because you're starting you're starting from scratch aren't you oh yeah 100 yeah, like my grandma's a really avid sewer and so she kind of, <laughs> she's literally like for every like thing that she ever did it's like handmade. Oh, no, no she's amazing like, oh, yeah. she like everything that she ever did was handmade it was oh, right. knitted like I mean, you'll know, like, for context, yeah. me and Leah were cousins, so yeah. we have the same <laughs> yeah. grandma. Um, and so everything that she did was always, always made. And I guess because I grew up with that around me as well, um, I kind of said to her, well, actually, I want to make this, make this, but I don't know where to start. I remember yeah. I, I had this, I had something that I was like, um, oh, yeah, I could just draw around that and I can make it into, yeah. a, into a jacket. Why not? And then she was like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> 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 Bring you back down just, to the real world. Yeah. So she was, so she kind of like took me like to, she took me to like a proper haberdashery. She like got me a pattern yeah. and I like picked out fabric and stuff. And it was, it was absolutely hilarious. I remember the first thing that I ever made, it had, it had coffee cups and milk jugs all over. <laughs> like every single button was a different what, one. What I was it? Like, it was this big, like oversized jacket that was kind of like the same shape that I'd seen on, well, ish. On the yeah. voice. I'd seen on the voice. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember like thinking, well, well, if I can't have that one, I'll just do my own thing. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and it just kind of took so off. So, well, you went from seagulls to coffee cups. Yeah. <laughs> seagulls, coffee cups, milk jugs. Anything like, abstract. Then it went to tart and it was like paisley, like anything, <laughs> anything that was different. Like I remember kind of like this, liking this idea of like, oh, I've got something on that I've made. Yeah. So that was yeah, always, sure. that was kind of what kicked it off really. And then I remember kind of thinking like, oh, actually I do quite like this. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll pick, maybe I'll, hit this yeah. A level and I'll just but then I think I was also like you know when you're like 15, 16 I don't think anyone really knows what people yeah, do yeah. and I think everyone's kind We're of all guessing yeah I know for me I kind of really struggled at school to study like I couldn't yeah. concentrate I mean I've got I've got high functioning autism and also fairly sure I've got ADHD that's a whole <laughs> thing. but I just couldn't like focus I couldn't like yeah. sit down and concentrate like I got yeah. bang average GCSEs and I think like I was always like well I don't really know what I want to do I was very much yeah. in this kind of I've always had quite a fantastical brain, I think. So I was kind of always yeah. just in this kind of, in my own world and sort of like, well, what will be, will be. Yeah. So I just kind of picked Followed your passion. Well, I guess so. But I think like at the time, I wasn't even really thinking this is what yeah. I was going to do. Like I just kind of was like, well, I like that, that and that. I'll do them for my A-levels. And then... Yeah. When, when was it that you realised fashion design was actually a job? Like it was actually something... That more you than just a passion. Yeah, more than just... A passion more than coughing when, someone when on the was voice. It when was it really that you thought, oh, actually, I, I, there is such a thing as doing this in the real world. I, I could do this. 
Yeah, it's weird because I don't really remember. I think, like, I remember having some kind of book that was like, someone had bought me a book for Christmas or something that was about, like, working in the fashion industry and, like, different careers. And I remember kind of reading it and it was kind of saying, like, well, actually, like, it's not as simple as you think it is. There's a lot of different things that you can do. Yeah. And um, and also there's a lot of different levels because I think, like, everyone kind of... I know for me, going into like studying fashion I was kind yeah. of thinking well, maybe I'll be like Alexander McQueen <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll be like, maybe I'll make it but then I think yeah. then you realise Vivian well, Westwood well yeah and she was she I was she your was biggest obsessed. inspiration I was obsessed with her like really? obsessed like every like I was quite upset when she died actually yeah. recently yeah. yeah yeah and I was I was it really resonated with me because I was thinking like are you like she was one of the reasons why you started why I started it and um giving me goosebumps that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, One question I had, actually, was you talk about making these out there kind of of one-of-a-kind pieces of fashion that stand out and kind of you wouldn't find in the high street. There'd be a sense that if I wore something like that or if the average Joe wore something like that, they'd feel like all eyes are on me and a bit scared. I don't want to walk down the street wearing something that people might go, why why are they wearing that? Was there any kind of sense of I'm making this crazy piece that I think is really fun and cool and funky, but um, if I put it on and go down the street, normal people might be like, why the hell is he wearing that? I mean, I guess I probably did think like that, but then I remember having this kind of overwhelming sense of like, I actually don't care. Like, I think that's so liberating. It's funny actually, because I feel like as I've got older, I I'd almost am more conscious of it. I don't know oh, really? why. Yeah, I don't know why it's really strange, but I think I was lucky that I grew up in a house that where I was always allowed to be myself and yeah. I was allowed to play with what I wanted to and like what I wanted to. Yeah. And I always had lots of freedom to kind of explore things and experiment. And yeah. like, so I guess like for me, like, um, my mum never, um, my mum and my dad never discouraged me from doing anything like that. Yeah. So I w- I'm really lucky in that sense, and I think it's helped. I think it's shaped a lot of my identity, really. Like a lot of, obviously, you know, everyone grows up and they mature and they change. Yeah. Like, and I wouldn't wear what I used to wear when I was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you remember them? Some um, of the pictures, mate. Do you remember them like low button like V neck shirts? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the different colours. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, they were like the classic. With like the chino yellow, shorts, the yellow one with the pink and it had like top. a different coloured oh, sleeve. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was like terrible. the top man carrot fit jean era. Right? Yeah, like, you're a fashion terrible. designer. Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. Well, never please say don't. never. <laughs> it was like the in between, in between is movie. Oh, it's terrible. Shocking. No, it, it's very much that era, and it like it yeah. really makes me laugh because I just it's that's the thing about f- fashion that I quite like as well is that like you look back at what you used to wear and kind yeah. of think what were we all thinking I always yeah. think and that and then it comes back round yeah. like I watched Bendit like Beckham a couple of years oh, I think terrible it was <laughs> like, so similar things that wear. are said in that just awful well, yeah, and what they used to wear awful as well is, that, there's that scene where they kind of they go out clubbing and Kieran, young Kieran Knightley walks out in this like ridiculous yeah. like bandana <laughs> crop top and their jeans are literally like low enough like if they yeah. were any lower you'd be like oh wow <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that when I was at uni for the first time in years and thinking oh I'm so glad the high waist came back into fashion but yeah. now it's gone the other way and everyone's, everyone's getting low waist low how yeah. would you say because I'd say a lot of the fashion industry from my perspective is a lot of like it's all influence really like yeah. we'd say I'd never wore what I wore whenever it was like straight leg jeans yeah. but then now everyone's yeah. not wearing skinny jeans and they're wearing straight leg jeans so yeah. what how t- would you say like how do you think influence comes about like how how's it dictated like who decides what's coming in and when because obviously it's always changing but yeah it's really interesting this because i think like the way that we sort of and all of our since the rise of social media all of our influences in pretty much everything have just completely shifted and Mm. i think like 
Instagram tells so much about what humans are like now and like how we live our lives. It yeah. influences people so much. Like Instagram is a massive marketing tool for like so many fashion brands. And yeah. I think like that, I think like, say like if you were in it like 25, 30 years ago, everything that you looked at would be off a catwalk. And yeah. Yeah. we still do that now. But then I think like also like one of the biggest influences is social media and so yeah. someone with a big following. Like for example, like Kim Kardashian, like- Yeah, whatever she, she wears, everyone yeah, else wears. She'll yeah. post one thing and everyone will go mad for it. And that's mm. why, you know, her brand Skims is so big. It's, like it's almost a cheat code for them. It's like yeah. they've built their following and then no matter what she produces, it's, it's like, yeah, if she wears it, I want to wear it. Like it's just- They're, yeah, they it's are crazy. fascinating. Like they're yeah. the most incredible marketers. Well, like Molly May's the English version of that, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So so very much. Yeah. What's your opinion on like designer brands that bring out like a specific item, like it might be a hoodie or a pair of trousers, that then other may high street brands will then copy. So you'll see the same thing in Zara without the branding, same thing in H and M, same thing top. Like, do you think that's a good thing for fashion, or do you think that just kind of waters down like these high high Everyone's fashion brands? Going in the same direction. It's it's kind of always how it's been. Like, I think yeah. it's always started off where you know, I mean, everyone would love to be dripping head to toe in like Gucci, Louis V, yeah. and, <laughs> and Prada, but you know, that's not possible for the vast majority of people. So yeah. I think what has always been the goal is to kind of like you know make people feel good about themselves and make yeah. people feel happy because it always it blows my mind like when I walk into Zara in Manchester on a Saturday afternoon seeing how many people are in there it's crazy oh, it's it crazy. always does yeah. like it's such a massive thing for people I think clothing says so much about people's identity I think and how they feel Zara have it bang on I think mm. because they're they're kind of like an in-between I think yeah I think but their prices are not so cheap that people are like, oh, I don't want to say that. That's a prime art. But yeah. it's like, it's it's in the middle, I feel. And I feel, yeah. I mean, I shop there because I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Shouting himself out. What's, what's your, what's your go-to designer brand? And what's a designer brand that you wouldn't touch? Oh, wow. Top, top range. Top, like top of the top of the market. Your Selfridges. Um, favorite, favorite designer brands like uh, Amiri, absolutely obsessed with. Um, I really do, I really do like Louis Vuitton. Um, yeah. I think that like, I mean, they've, they've been there for absolutely forever, mm. but I do really like Louis Vuitton. Like Vivian Westwood, I've just always been obsessed with. As I said yeah. Earlier. Um, and quite a lot of, there's quite a lot of smaller ones as well that I think a lot of people wouldn't have heard of. That's yeah. what I really enjoy is actually like, um, quite a lot of my job luckily is actually scrolling catwalks and looking at what's coming out. Yeah, and like new, up and coming things. things. You, you, say, you yeah. say smaller ones, are those smaller sort of fashion design, fashion companies still able to make loads of money? No, so it's it's a tough it's a tough one I think because I think like really it's so competitive. It just, it, yeah, it is, and it's about also it's about following and it's about influence. Yeah. It's about sort of like putting out something different. I think and like mm. it's such like an oversaturated. Yeah. If yeah. you had if you had the financial backing, would you ever consider starting your own company, or do you think it's not worth the hassle for all these like competitors? Um, I don't like. I think it would definitely the option would definitely be there, but yeah. I think as well like. What I quite like is kind of looking at what people are wearing and collaboratively yeah. working together with people. Yeah, so working in a team. Kind of, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And kind I mean, of you could like do that in your own brand, trends, but, like, but but as you start your own brand, it's either you coming up with the idea, doing all the work behind it, having a yeah. basis. Yeah. I think working as a team, some people, I guess, don't have that ambition to, to start their own business, but go high within a business. Yeah. And by the sounds of it, it sounds like, I think fashion. You enjoy working as part of a team, yeah, 100%. and the end team goal is what you're what you're after. I think fashion yeah. is such a, a tough one at the moment because you've got brands like Represent and Cole Books and that yeah. kind of doing similar things with like oversized hoodies and kind of cargo pants and like quite basic colours, but they 
they've got the whole world wearing their clothes. It's, it's their marketing again, though. Isn't yeah, it? and I, whole, I just think yeah. image behind how have they like, how have they managed to still sell their jumpers at the, the prices of like 150 quid, which is lower than the kind of big designer brands like Balenciaga. You'll see six seven hundred pounds for their hoodies, and then still manage to do so well. Like and people are still going, oh, I'm not going to get a Zara hoodie that's 60 quid. I'm going to spend 150 quid, get the Cole Buxom on for that label, even though it's pretty much the same thing. And it's just got, I don't know how those brands do it. Could you could you give us an insight into how you think they're successful over like other small brands trying to do the same thing? I think I think it's just kind of about sort of like having a signature and like kind of um, just be, and kind of, I guess, just staying, staying true to knowing who, knowing who your customer base is, yeah. really sort of like nailing in on that and just kind of, and I think marketing's a big, yeah, a big mm. point. Like I think it takes it takes a lot really to like to own any sort of like company. I think like the idea of entrepreneurship, I think personally, scares me a little bit because it's so much. I think like you know you see a lot of success stories on Instagram, but then when you kind of think about the amount how of failures, hard it is, Twice yeah, as many, if not ten times as many. Failures. Yeah. yeah, I think one company that did really well with it. Obviously, you know a lot more about it than I do, but represent like in my opinion represent has just come out of absolutely nowhere i n- never heard of it but then and the again, next thing i knew it was like this massive instagram thing. honestly i just saw yeah, other people instagram. wearing it i'd say i probably knew about it just i want to say just before everyone <laughs> you've got to say that didn't, didn't because say, i did didn't it's, but, hasn't it only just reached it's now like, reached the american market but now, yeah, like yeah now you see Is that like nba Americans player wearing or, it and or, like it's just like um like Mike Malak, but he wears yeah. he wears it. And it was like when I saw it, I was like, hang on a minute, like I know that, but yeah. I feel like they've just I don't know why, but they've just created such a, a print that everyone's obsessed with. Yeah. And then and the, the, the fit of the clothing of as well. Yeah. They just I yeah, don't know, they've just smashed oversized and yeah. massive things yeah. these days. Yeah, I think like things like for I think for men particularly men buy into brands and men yeah. love brands. And when, when you see your friends wearing a brand, yeah. like from what I've seen from experience, they then want that, they I want always, that brand as well. I always noticed that in school, that the lads would always be wearing branded shoes, branded t-shirts, branded mm-hmm. hoodies. The girls would just be wearing Primark kind of plain. Still the same now. Like, yeah. And they can go out and buy like a, a pair of shoes to I go honestly, on a night I don't know what like you're talking about. I was, <laughs> sat, I was sat in the corner of my F&F. F&F. <laughs> <laughs> My mum refused to buy my clothes from 13. And my Dunlop school bag. <laughs> Everyone had a Dunlop school bag. No, I know, but there's, I think there's there's more pressure as lads to wear like branded, branded shoes, yeah. especially. Whereas for, for women, it's more like, unless you're kind of seen as a high class kind of friend group on the they choose. No, but like certain people were like, oh, I'm not, I'm not wearing that unless yeah, it's designer. You mean, like, if, that, you, if yeah. you're going out as a woman in a dress, you're not having a brand on it. It's not like yeah. a brand, it's just no, a, it's like it's a pretty little thing. It's just a colored dress. Yeah. Whereas. Lads, it's all like Balenciaga. Like, to get into some clubs, you need to be wearing. I feel like for them, uh, well, I, I'm saying this from my opinion, but I feel like the difference is, um, it's not necessarily true, but I feel like when we buy clothes, it's normally a lot more for longevity. Whereas some girls will wear something. Fast fashion, mate. to wear it again because they <laughs> That's had a good topic. one picture true. in that dress and so they'll be we're more likely to see that again. Yeah, so I feel like you spend more on a hoodie because you know you'll wear that hoodie 500 times yeah. they won't wear the same top because their friend last week saw them wearing it in the <laughs> it's like why like why like no one cares what you're wearing just wear is that, why they, is that why there's such a large range of women's clothing because whenever I go into yeah, a shop these days and it's a unisex shop it's Wait, it's Zara yeah. Three yeah, fours, yeah, women three right right in the top. Ah. The men's is like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's so it's so interesting it is and I think like typically traditionally 
fashion was always about women. Yeah. It's always about women's yeah. wear. And like, I think like, you know, especially if you kind of look back at sort of history, a lot of men's wear was always just suits. Yeah. And kind of like your tailor. Oh yeah, like, it was. Yeah. You know, before sort of like back in, I'm trying to think of like a point where it probably changed, but I guess like, historically before maybe like the 1950s yeah all men wore suits yeah it was like you know it was like sunday best but every day and, you know <laughs> yeah. you'd, you'd still put your suit on the sunday that'd be so sick yeah. if everyone still did that yeah. Yeah. All yeah. Started, yeah. I, do you know what i, I absolutely i absolutely <laughs> love the seeing an old boy walking through town and just yeah why do you think um work wear kind of gear for a guy is now coming back into fashion oh like i guess it's i think trends always come back round. yeah and i think i guess like you know like, like Carhartt and, places, oh, well, yeah. and companies like that. Obviously, it's it's been a massive company for a long time, but it is its sole so, sole basis like is workwear, workwear isn't yeah. it? And that that's where it's come from. Um, yeah, the '90s I think was quite like an influential decade in terms of that, and everyone was kind of. I think people kind of probably look back on it as this idea of like lots of bliss and like everyone was just out raving and having fun. Yeah. Like, the Cold War had just ended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the world isn't going to end for now, and we're just going to go out and have fun. Yeah. And I think like that. Everyone, that's quality. Yeah, a lot of that. people kind of, I think, think back at that time and think, oh yeah, that's like a, that's a time that we want to we want to look back to and we want to yeah. aspire to. And you know, like everyone gets nostalgic. Everyone loves watching old films. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's probably like you know seen lots of like team movies from the early 2000s and been like, well, we can we can wear like low low rise cargo yeah. tops again. Why not? So. It's, yeah. it's yeah. so everything comes back around again yeah i know we were talking about how there's loads more options for women and that's kind of encouraged this fast fashion business where you wear something once never wear it again mm. obviously there's all these brands coming out like we need to be sustainable big companies like vinted and depop have been mm. pressing for kind of secondhand clothes and being sustainable yeah. what's your opinions as a fashion designer because obviously this is how fashion brands make their money is through the fast fashion is it the best way to go in terms of forward is fast fashion or should we be kind of more sustainable looking at reused clothes and that kind of thing mm. it's a really difficult question because i think obviously naturally as as a designer i'm always thinking of newness and like, yeah and what's new and i guess that for me that'll kind of always just be in me i think i think in terms of fast fashion it's just become um it's become an unprecedented like how much how many clothes we buy now i think yeah it's very different now i think i know like speaking to like fam like older family members like back in when they were young you'd save up to buy like yeah yeah you'd save up to buy something that you really liked and you would wear it again and again and i think obviously because fashion on the whole is more much more accessible to it's a lot cheaper now yeah and i guess that's what's made it more accessible and like you know the fashion industry is probably like the, i think it's the second or third biggest industry in the world yeah. like it employs so many people mm -hmm. and i think um so i guess in that sense in that sense it is good does that include and, like sweatshops and stuff well unfortunately yeah so yeah. i guess it's like and there's but there's and there's also a lot of conversation around that now i think yeah. like with the rise of secondhand platforms i've yeah. seen like a lot of secondhand I mean, I know I've seen a lot of fast fashion companies now actually adopting into like a secondhand yeah. marketplace because like, you know, things like Depop and Vinted yeah. are taking yeah. a lot of that what, away um, from them. What happens, obviously there's so many items of clothing out there, billions and billions and billions of clothes and people get rid of them and chuck them. And so what, like people don't just, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't just put like a shirt in the bin. Like yeah. Yeah. I, I'd take it to somewhere to get rid of it. Like a charity shop. N yeah, but you or know, like, like a recycle. You know, like clothes that are just like battered. Like a recycle. Like, there's so yeah, many. Yeah, 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 like yeah, what actually happens 
to, to so they get reused. Do you, do, you, do you know what happens to clothes when, when they got they rid of No, I was in like they, they reuse the fabric. Away. Well, they go to landfill. <laughs> they go to landfill. Yeah, right. and then I guess that's... Um, so many of them. Oh, yeah. It must take up so much space. When, when you kind of see like less developed countries as well, a lot of them end up with... A lot of the landfill. Away. And yeah. that's, again, that's a really big sort of... That's a really big... That's a really telling thing about how much we do consume. I think yeah. it's not... Yeah. It's not just the fashion industry either. It's the same with the food industry. I feel like it's just cul- it's culture cars, in general, isn't it? Yeah. Technology, yeah. We're like, just such you know, a consumer culture. Yeah, oh, 100%. So like, we, get, like we get a new iPhone every year. You can blame year. the fashion yeah. industry, but at the same time, it's like... It's everyone. If The only way it would change is if every single fashion brand collectively agreed that yeah, they were going to change. Are we going to make certain other limit production? Someone else or? is just going to profit off of you not doing it because yeah, they know literally. the opportunities that, that, like, that are there from it. And yeah. again, it's like... You, you as a person can equally, like, if you don't want to contribute, you yeah. can say no, but Someone else because of your yes. culture, like, yeah. again, it's like you say, you buy a new iPhone every year, you, like, once you've got a car, it's like people get this feeling of needing something and then it's always onto the next, onto the next, onto yeah. the next. Like, nothing's yeah. ever enough. Like, it's always got to be, I'm, I'm missing this. I don't have this item. Yeah. Like, and I think as humans, we probably naturally want, we like yeah. new things as well. And we're always kind of looking at, maybe it's yeah. just kind of the way that society is, or maybe it is just in human. I feel like it releases serotonin, doesn't it, when you buy something yeah. new. Oh yeah, like buying a new thing, like it makes you feel yeah. amazing. It's like an actual therapy. Some people call it resale therapy, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for a reason. 100%, yeah. like, you know, I know like when I buy something new, I always feel really Yeah, like, you oh, feel good. This has made me feel really good. Until you I'm check really your bank excited. account. Do you think the reason why clothes come back in fashion um is because there's only so much you can do with with an item of clothing whereas the new iphone every year you can add a new a gadget new feature. yeah you can add a new feature you can add a new selling point which yeah. is why people go back and buy it the new thing that's an interesting with, question with clothing it's not like you can add like i don't know a fan that pops up and cools you down <laughs> <laughs> probably could, no one would well, buy that don't, but, don't, but like don't is that why is that why it's brand brand cycles, do you think? yeah but just there's yeah. less sort of development i mean an item yeah, of clothing bro, is an item of clothing think about before like yeezy slippers everyone would have laughed at them yeah and now they're a thing and people wear the speed like but boxing. again marketing like if it wasn't Ooh. for kanye there's no way yeah true crocs is such a telling thing oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I, i'm really annoyed because i got slammed for wearing crocs <laughs> <laughs> like my mum sent me to school in crocs and i didn't <laughs> for about five years like literally my whole secondary school experience was like jacob wore crocs in year seven <laughs> that and like and that was literally like and now everyone's wearing them so yeah. that's me like, Really? You go in the gym and people are wearing crocs. Oh, yeah. It's mental. Yeah. I mean, cow has got some Lightning McQueen ones. Yeah. <laughs> what does fashion design mean to you? Oh, wow. oh wow! Look at that. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Was that was a transition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think. Um, I think for me, like it's just kind of it's it's become a lot of I guess about who I am and like I guess I've always like as like I said was always just obsessed with with clothing and I guess being able to kind of create that and I guess put my put my stamp on it and feel like I'm doing, yeah. I'm doing something and contributing to it. I guess that's, I guess that's what it means to me. It's always been a big, I feel like it has become a big part of my identity. Do you, do you enjoy it? Like a lot of people go to work because they have to. Do you wake up in the morning and, and think, I actually love my job? Oh yeah, yeah. Like I don't like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I, I think it's, it's funny because you don't always, nothing's ever how you expect it's going to be. Yeah. And I think like, I think, 
fashion it is it is a great industry in a mm. lot of ways and i think it's it's full of a lot of like creative young people everyone thrives off each other everyone bounces off each yeah. other and that's something that i really look forward to going to work mm. like i genuinely don't i never get the sunday scaries really like yeah. i always kind of think yeah. like oh no that's i'm good. going to work does, like, does, yeah. does your boss ever throw a spanner in the works let's say you and your your work colleagues are really excited about this product that you want to show to your your manager and does the manager ever turn around and say, no, absolutely not? Well, there's always, you know, you always have to have some kind of direction. Someone reviewing like, it. I think, and it's the same, it's the same when you're a student. Like, yeah. it's, mm. you learn that quite early on. Like, it's not, it's not always about you and there's always going to be different opinions and you kind of have to just... Um, not sort of take not take things personally either and i think that's a big sort of like yeah. learning curve as a yeah as a designer or as a creative person like not everything is personal and yeah. you kind of just yeah. have to you kind of just have to ride ride it out really yeah. and just kind of it also it makes you it may it just make you more conscious of like what you're doing it yeah. makes you more conscious of the decisions that you make and yeah it definitely helps just, just for an idea out of i don't know 100 ideas how many would make it to the next stage, roughly? Um, I mean, I bet it's completely different every time. Yeah, it kind of it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to put like an exact amount on it, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll come on to kind of the ins and outs of the job in a bit. What I want to touch on first is what did you need or what did you do to get into the fashion design industry to get your current job roles and the jobs you've had before? Do you think there's one certain path that you need to go down to get into fashion design or do you think there's many different ways and kind of tell us how you, the way you took and other ways that other people around you've taken? Yeah, so um, I don't think, I, I mean, I guess I did go down a conventional route in terms of that I went to uni and I studied for it and I guess yeah. a lot of people, but I think when I was at school, like I didn't do, I didn't do a lot of art really. Like it was never it was never something that was really on my radar. Like I think I'd yeah. done textiles and I was kind of like, oh, actually I quite like this. I could do it. But then I think um, it then became quite apparent to me that I needed that sort of like artistic background as well, because so much of, especially going on to a degree when you're studying, like so much of it is about creative ideas, yeah. and development and just kind of pushing the boundaries and innovation. Mm. And I think um, kind of I researched into like lots of different degrees and they were kind of like, um, what you should really do is an art foundation year. And I didn't, I wasn't really aware that it was a thing. I only knew that my mum had done one about 30 years previously because she obviously was an art teacher. Yeah. And um, so that was kind of, I was like, well, actually, maybe maybe I should do this. Like, this would be quite a good thing. And then my mum being an art teacher put me through my paces. She literally gave me like, she gave me loads of like things to draw. Like one night she'd be like, oh yeah, I've, why don't you draw this shell? Yeah. And like, then she, I, I remember drawing the PG tits monkey. And like, <laughs> bizarre things like that, just kind of stuff that was just like lying around the house and kind just of just practice. like, yeah, just kind of practicing it and getting, building up like a bit of a portfolio. Cause I guess I didn't really have much of an art portfolio. Yeah. I'd had like my, my textiles coursework, which was like sky high. And yeah. like, you know, we'd sketch things. Obviously I made things, but looking back, it was awful. What <laughs> I made. Like I had no concept Do you think of like you perform- detail and... Do you think you actually go into clothing? Do you think your portfolio is more important than your uni degree in terms of getting a job? Well, it goes hand in hand because when you study, like, um, you build especially up. when you study fashion design, it's one of the big things that, like, you get told that that is. I mean, you have modules in it, like, you get trained in it, and it's one. Of the, it's a big thing everyone says to you, like, your portfolio is like your 
it's it's your design handwriting. It's like yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's basically your labor of love. And mm. I'd rec- like everyone. I'd recommend anyone wanting to get into it, you just put your heart and soul into it because that's mm. that's what gets you the job. Ultimately. What kind of things should they include in it? Is it just hand drawings or pieces of clothing they've made? What what are the best things to put in it? Well, I think like um, from when you go on to when you do study it, like you have sketchbooks. You kind of start from. I guess it's this is something that I never really realized was kind of apparent in fashion until I was kind of researching into what actually a fashion design degree is and mm-hmm. like what it entails. And I think it was luckily, especially doing my art foundation, it was something I really fell in love with. I really fell in love with the artistic side of it. And yeah. Really fell in love with like ideas and kind of like making a statement and really sort of, it wasn't just about the clothing for me anymore. It was about creating things and actually sort of having this artistic outlook. It was yeah, something yeah. I really found I enjoyed. So going into... Um, going into a degree you kind of then you're encouraged to kind of explore that especially yeah. when you first started out so you kind of start off with the concepts and you kind of take that through to design development yeah. and make something up and then normally when you're in final year you make a full collection so yeah. you yeah. then sort of take your portfolio is everything from start to finish so it's kind of your concept your mood boards it's where your imagery where your ideas have come from yeah. um, then kind of like your design development process so how you've kind of taken ideas how you've like taken one thing and you've worked on an idea uh-huh. and you've built you've built it up you've tried different things and you've kind of got to a conclusion yeah i remember like someone saying to me actually when i was at uni which was really helpful you have to imagine your portfolio almost like a film you wouldn't just watch the start watch the end and then that be it like, yeah you, you need the bit in the middle you have to show, the, develop- development. You have yeah. to show the development yeah like, you have to show how you've got that yeah could someone get your job without uni could with a portfolio only uh, only could someone get to your position i mean i would highly recommend i mean it's funny because i think nowadays because so many people go to uni yeah and i've heard a lot of like discourse in the media about sort of like you know do we actually all need to go to uni in the numbers that we do nowadays but i would highly highly recommend studying it yeah because like university for me was like a formative experience really along with like my art foundation yeah everything i guess for also me, I a networking say, experience oh 100 percent. i always say like for me life started when i left school after i'd done my a levels like yeah art foundation year was like the best year of my life i made friends yeah. that i still have now um went to uni and I was suddenly immersed in this world that I really loved and this kind of creative this creative atmosphere and I just really thrived off it like I think um what's special as well about studying fashion is that on a lot of university courses you've you spend a few hours a day sat in a lecture theatre and then you kind of leave and you don't really mingle that much with your yeah. course mates or mix that much and then for us we were side by side 12 hours a day in the studio yeah, yeah. well I think that's I think I think it's cool because at school obviously everyone is interested in different things but when you go to uni uni brings all these people that are interested in similar things together yeah, yeah it's so I take it you met a lot of people with like-minded uh, interests and yes. hobbies and yes, career, career visions so it was great I think and I, that's what I really loved as well because I think I struggled to kind of my school was quite academic and they kind of didn't really sort of there wasn't a lot of emphasis put on anything creative it was kind of always yeah. about sort of like getting into you know a Russell Group uni yeah. or studying something being a that's kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah being a lawyer being a doctor yeah. like you know like doing something that's quite prestigious and that's going to obviously ultimately get you a job. I think a lot of people don't realise how big the fashion industry is and how many opportunities there were. So it was never something that was really pushed from that side. I remember when I got to uni, I was suddenly in this environment that I really thrived off with people that thought and understood the same way that I did. Sorry, would you ever say there was any point where choosing the degree you did that you'd ever be limited or like worried about the jobs you would be able to get? Because I feel like a lot of 
the arts industry, like a lot of people talk down on it. Like, what are you actually going to do with that? Like, how is that actually going to help you? Like, would yeah. you say there was a lot of like a lot of opportunities that you had from your degree, or was it very narrow of like what you were going to go into? Yeah, well, I think like I mean, you always you always learn transferable skills. I think yeah. I think nothing's ever a waste of time, and I think yeah. I'm lucky that like my mum always said that to me. She was kind of like you know whatever happens after your degree, like it's experience, it's life experience. Hundred yeah. percent, you've learned something new. But I think for me. Um, obviously you always have that there is that opinion about the arts yeah. and like you know and a lot of people are kind of always like no it, it's an impossible industry you'll never make yeah. it like it's so difficult it's so difficult to stand it's out it's a terrible mindset to have <laughs> like I guess like going into it I kind of didn't listen to people yeah. or I tried not to because I was just always like no this is what I want to do like, I, absolutely yeah, there was like nothing that. else that I wanted to do like I think especially thinking back I wouldn't have done anything else that's and, such a strong mindset to have so many people get scared by the thought of failure yeah. and the thought of oh, if I go down this route, there's so many possibilities that it doesn't go well that I'm just going to not even try in the first place. And what's the point of living a life scared yeah. of failing when you haven't even tried to succeed? Yeah, to do it. Well, I think, I mean, you know, I think I was definitely, like I say, I, I've always been sort of quite fantastical. I think I was probably like a little bit naive. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, like, you know, I think you have to be. Yeah, well, you do. I guess, you, I guess that's this, you know, that's the special part of like- Is it naive like or is it, is it just confidence? Like, well, I think for me, one thing that I- really struggled with was this idea of like actually there's a lot of creative people in the same place and yeah. it really actually I was quite I've always been quite hard on myself but I've it actually affected sort of my self-esteem quite a lot because I was kind of thinking of actually like I'm surrounded by these amazingly talented yeah. people that have got these amazing ideas and I just don't and I guess also it is a competitive industry and the when I was at uni as well it it was made competitive like we had opportunities with like we did live projects with brands and we did lots of kind of external projects and big things where we were kind of all competing against each other yeah. like we'd have kind of like people come in from industry and you'd have to present was there actual like, competitions yeah really oh, yeah like oh, we wow. did so um when i was in second year we did a um live brief with river island so that was a it was a group project which was very challenging but i guess in that was really sort of getting us practical it's like being in industry yeah kind of being, i think you need that though in that otherwise you go into the real industry and you kind of you're throwing the deep end. Oh yeah, definitely. You might not thrive as well as you would if you hadn't done it in uni. Was there yeah. an incentive to win those competitions? Like, was there like yes. a, a job, job, <laughs> jobs in the future or uh, experience yes. to be gained? So I, um, when I was in final year, we did a, a live brief with Paul Smith, and wow, because oh, we had to do these competitions. It was actually part of our. Um, part of our grade that we had to um, do you get scored two, on it as well. competitions. Oh, wow. yeah it was so you, you presented your work at the end of, your, of, the, of the degree and you were marked on it so it was actually part of like something that. that you had yeah, to yeah, hand in and I guess it was good because it made us it really built our portfolio yeah. up as well so yeah. um, we did a live brief with Paul Smith and I, I struggled quite a lot of uni again with being quite hard on myself and I remember like just being so desperate to win something yeah. and I just was I remember like my mum was always such like a realist and I remember she was kind of saying to me look you can't like win everything it's not all just about winning it's about the experience but i was so determined that i needed I'm gonna to win, yeah. win you know what, that's yeah. such a good mindset to have though yeah. and to, i don't know to what win it, whatever you want you're going to put yourself in for yeah. or want to win it is, is yeah a really and i think mindset. don't get me wrong there was a lot of rejection that came before that there yeah. were a lot of things that i kind of set my mind to, like, i'm going to do that it's going to happen and yeah it wouldn't happen and i was kind of like that was really i guess a, that was a really tough pill to swallow and yeah. then when i was in my final year of uni we did this competition with Paul Smith and we yeah. kind of again did it like we normally would like come up with an idea you design a range you present it to people that came in from the brand yeah and I won 
and that for me like that still that like, sticks with me because i remember like thinking like um i was i, I could not believe it and i'm thinking oh my god what's just happened like it just shows it. It? i think yeah they sponsored my collection so i got fabrics really? from the warehouse wow. they gave me like um, that's so they, cool um, i did an internship there after i finished and i put that in the of, portfolio yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was don't worry it was. <laughs> <laughs> and that actually really helped me as well with what i then did after and i think like it's that i guess it is competitive industry and it is tough and i think but also you have to just believe in yourself that's yeah. the biggest piece i guess that advice. that that whole story is a perfect example of why uni gives you such a heads up or such a leg up compared to other people who don't go to uni because you get given these opportunities to participate in competitions and get those benefits of getting those yeah, placements yeah. afterwards yeah, to be able to just network and oh, yeah. those opportunities that was going to be my next question is there anything else about it but you've yeah, answered it perfectly it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'd say it's all about it's all about experience and it's all about networking and that's what yeah. kind of it kind of did perfectly and so i would i would really recommend going yeah to uni. can we move on to um a bit more about your experiences since uni now so i don't know if you know to talk about the companies you've worked for previous kind of what happened you left uni and then what was your first role so um i left uni and um i did a grad so it was kind of like a graduate internship program with h&m in stockholm so Jeez, i big up sweden cool. so that was cool. that was, it was the best thing i ever did like i couldn't recommend it enough if if anyone gets the opportunity to do something like that do it because it was like the the life experience that you get and the professional experience yeah. is just it's next to none i and feel like and the working conditions in sweden just feel like they're better than anywhere else in the, the world scandinavians <laughs> have got it sorted, sorted, <laughs> got it sorted do you like, like finish work early on a friday morning or something was it, it during it was covid so, it was just before ah uh, okay yeah so Cause, cause i graduated they, they kept everything open in sweden they as well, did didn't they, yeah so. so i graduated 2019 so i went out and i applied when i was still at uni for the um for the internship so um, just kind of submitted a portfolio that we had to it was quite a long process I think we had like an interview that was just over the phone to start with then had to go to um, London for an interview where I actually met my one of my best friends Meg Meg if you watch <laughs> <laughs> we, we always say this like it was just fate that we were going to be friends because we met on that day we both got the internship we both ended up in Sweden and that's so cool that's really history. cool yeah and then um, they actually flew us out to Stockholm for the last round of the interview so that was really that was really exciting um, and I remember actually I think I think I was I think I was just at work or something. It was like a Monday morning, and I got this into I got this email saying we want to offer it to you. And I was like on my own in this room. You did a little scream. Screaming. I can't yeah. even remember what I can't, I remember just being like so gobsmacked. I remember like thinking like I can't work. I did. I don't think I did any work that day. Like, <laughs> I just like I literally just ran home and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to Sweden. Like yeah. and that's it was, so cool. It was really the cool best experience. thing I ever did. Like, and what what were you doing like day to day? So what were H and M like making you do? So I was just really getting to grips with actually what it's like being on a design team. You really kind of get a feel for what it's actually like. You see kind of what the designers do. You kind of and I was supporting them directly. So kind yeah. of anything kind of that they would need we need a hand with whether it was just presenting things getting you know mood boards together yeah kind of like amend amending things to send out to, send yeah. out to factories that was that was kind of my job board. it was kind of very much like a really great stepping stone actually yeah to grips with how the industry works and there's so much that you learn on the job as well that you don't learn at uni so how I much think that's really invaluable how much creative freedom do they give you in these companies like i know they might say oh we want a, a few new hoodies do they say well, they need to be this color? They need to be this style, or can, do they just give you free reign? 
Yeah, well, normally, kind of, you'll have a brief, and you're kind of obviously everything that you everything that you do, sort of when you work in industry, is kind of you're thinking about who's going to wear it ultimately at the end. So yeah, everything you kind of you see, you know, we'll kind of look at we'll look at trends, we'll kind of look at what typically that person wearing it will like, and yeah. you just kind of really and you kind of piece this kind of customer profile together in your head yeah and then, but i guess that i think i'm lucky now in like where i work now is a very sort of like young creative mm. streetwear brand so it is very much kind do you, of, yeah. do you follow guidelines do you have guidelines you need to follow or does the creative aspect take over and you just do what you want i think like quite often like you know if if we have an idea we you know you're very encouraged to kind of just take it forward and just say well actually i really believe in this but then Often as well, kind of, we'll kind of say what we need, like this amount of so and so, this amount of so yeah, and so, and right. so there's a quota. There's yeah, there's quotas. So they say we need this many product ideas in yeah. this, in this amount of time. Or? Yeah, that's quite common in industry. I think you'll you'll very much get given a, a brief by a buyer who will kind of say this is what we need to do. Like this is what's selling well. This is where what trends we've seen. So interesting. Through. Right. So they'll kind of say right, you know, we need this amount. So, of so who's that, that that says that? The buyer. So that's the buyer. So there's. So, well, it's we could do a whole podcast on it. <laughs> come back, come back. <laughs> so basically, kind of like the fashion buyer, kind of like they, um, they sort of like they're very much kind of help build the ranges alongside the designer. Are they are they employed by the company? Yeah, so uh, they'll kind of like they'll negotiate sort of like everything. Um, for me, they'll kind of source fabrics. They'll kind of go sort of like looking at sort of how how we can make things different like yeah. and they'll kind of very much kind of look at what's sold well yeah and what sort of we you know what the customer likes and then yeah kind of feed that back to the design team and then kind of say right so this is what this is what we need to design and then do they have the final say in the product then if they're the ones buying it uh, quite often yeah because they kind of they're the ones that will like sign things off and say, right, we yeah. want this, we want this. They, and then, build, they build the range. We guess give the ideas. They build yeah. the range. And how, how long after you've made a product and finalised it, do you actually see it on the shop front or hung up in the store? Um, it depends. Like it depends kind of what kind of product it is. Um, Cause some, some take longer to be made than others. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then quite often, like it's normally, um, I'd say normally like six months or so but i guess it depends so you're like technically every, every brand is different so you're kind of predicting what the fashion is going to be like in six Half months time. time well like every catwalk show that you look at is always a season ahead so at the moment oh, mad. Like, oh, that's true. london paris new york it's all autumn winter like so you're kind of looking at what's going to be right. in, in autumn winter that's and mad i never thought of it like that so spring summer was done and dusted boxed off ages ago we're not even in it yet but that's great well, so you, are you designing stuff for winter now then yeah that's right. mad and we're going into summer that's crazy yeah Right, I, okay. like I feel like you need the inspiration of the weather when you look outside. Yeah. It's, it's like it's sunny. Oh, let's get the, a nice puffer jacket on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so that is so weird. I didn't realize it worked like that. Um, and then now you've moved from Stockholm to Manchester. You've been working for a few different companies in Manchester now. Um, what's like a typical day like for you? Do you have like meetings or if you go in at say eight nine o'clock whenever you go in? What does the, the first few hours look like for you? Yeah, so uh, not every day is di- every day is different, which I, uh, is one of the best bits about it. Like, not yeah. every day will be the same. Like, I think a lot of um, a lot of a lot of sort of my role actually like is the admin side because that sort of my role is to support the design team. So yeah. I kind of will sort of um, I'll sort of log new developments, chase for 
chase for new developments that we've sent out to factories um sort of make sure that all of our range plans are nice and up to date yeah. and the um technical technical sketches and tech packs are all sort of updated ready yeah. to ready to be sent out or um and just kind of general just things that help and we've got a, yeah a whole library of fabric books that i like to organize yeah. <laughs> how often do you have to sit down and have the kind of boring meetings and stuff that most people would say oh this is the worst bit of the job to be fair i i don't mind meetings like oh, really meetings, like you know we have like we'll have like creative meetings where you'll bring new because ideas it's different isn't it when and yeah. so we'll bring inspiration that we've seen and kind of think um and kind of piece things together like sometimes um we'll go out shopping to vintage shops and look at kind of ideas for graphics and so cool. thing, and things like that just to kind of see and just kind of see what people are wearing as well like, i like to kind of go through instagram and look at street style from these events like yeah is there ever a week and influences is there ever like a wearing. kind of innate fear that the idea that you kind of spring up in those meetings is going to be laughed at i mean i think you have to it's difficult because you have to kind of you have to back your ideas but you also like i think you have to trust that actually you are you you know what you're doing and also yeah. that you've got a team of people that believe in you and will back, and will yeah. back it as well. So I think like you have to just, yeah, again, like it's the same all the way through. You have to just believe in yourself. Yeah. And be com- just be confident. Do do they ever take risks, these companies, with, with an item of clothing? Do they think this could absolutely like spin the market? <laughs> but if it works, it's it, going to be the best thing ever. It could be the best thing ever. Do, do these companies ever take these risks or? I know, like, I know, for example, like working for, um, working for a company like H&M, which was a lot bigger, you have kind of like specific, specific departments where they kind of focus more on the trend side of things. They yeah. They take risks yeah. and they will actually do, H&M have got a whole um, range called the Studio Collection, which is basically, which is the bigger, bolder, more risky stuff. And wow. it's kind of what you're very sort of like cool kind of cool kind of customer wears yeah and, um so i guess yeah there are risks to be taken and i think one th- one thing i would say as well that even in industry you have to be creative and you always yeah have to definitely be, you have to be looking for new ideas it's it's all part of it mm. what is the the worst bit of the job being a fashion designer so there's all these cool creative things what's the worst bit um one thing I would say is that the late nights don't stop at uni. Like, and yeah. they kind of, you know, I think studying fashion, I'm sure like a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people will be aware of it if you have studied fashion. It's, it is very long hours. Like it, yeah. it, it can be very intense and it's not glamorous. And that's a big misconception actually that fashion is not glamorous. And I really yeah. can't stress that enough. Like you'll be, you'll be working very long hours. Like sometimes you might be told that your, that your work is really rubbish. Like you could be made to redo things. Like, yeah. I had a tutor at uni once that actually we were in a tutorial and he was trying on um, something that a girl in my tutor group had made and he actually stood up and said, I'm just going to be honest with you, it looks fucking awful. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, Flipping yeah. out. And it's that kind of like, it was that kind of environment that kind of made yeah. me think kind of this is Where actually Where is she now, working is. at Mackey's? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's very, she's very talented. She, she's um, working in the industry alongside But the me. thing is, it's because it's so subjective with fashion and it's all opinions and you might think it's the best thing since sliced bread. Someone else might think I'm never ever been especially seen not, yeah. especially not in daylight hard. wearing that. Like oh bef- yeah, hundred percent. Like 100%. there's a lot of people don't mind not fitting in that. Whereas I feel like before, like if anything, everyone just wanted to like you didn't want yeah. to look different. Everyone wanted to look the same. But I guess like yeah, that I guess that's probably like it is. It is long hours and it can be yeah. it can be very intense. But the hard work and the graft, I think, 
for me, it's worth it if you see somebody walking down the street. Like, yeah. Like something yeah. that you've worked That'd be so like, cool. That's, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that makes it. But like, mum, look, I made that. <laughs> Go to him. <laughs> Mate, this is one of my pieces. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll happen soon once they start releasing your stuff. Would you wear your own designs? Um, I mean, when I was at uni, I... It's funny actually because I always used to make my own clothes, or I did when I was young and when I was first starting out. And then when I got to uni, I realised that I was actually much more into the actual design side of it, like yeah. Yeah. so and kind of doing so much sewing and in such an intense way. I found it really stressful. I yeah. just didn't enjoy it as much as I used to. And I got into a I got into a mindset as well where I was actually thinking, no, I don't like designing myself because <laughs> I kind of want to do something, see it, and then for me, I like just seeing it and seeing it come to life. I don't yeah. need to wear, wear it. it. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. yeah, I guess that that's something that definitely like changed throughout my yeah. journey. So um, that's cool. Maybe one day. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and are there any any funny stories or anything you could tell us that people would be like, "Wow, like, I didn't know that happens in fashion," or anything that's just like a, a secret of the trade, maybe, or things you, you don't know that goes on behind the scenes. Well, I mean, a lot of secrets, unfortunately, I can't. Do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just trying, I'm trying to, to think of like. I'm trying to think of like. A funny story like i think um well actually one thing i would say the industry is very small yeah it's a lot smaller than you think it is and everybody knows everyone like yeah funny story i matched with someone on hinge recently he also <laughs> works in the industry turns out he knows the girl i live with <laughs> in the industry. Really? he knows people that she used to work with because he now works with them. <laughs> oh no he knows people i went to uni with he's worked with people uh, I went to stockholm with there's no secrets for you no wow. so is that a good thing or is it a red flag i think <laughs> <laughs> well i think like yeah i do yeah I I think like personally from a perspective i yeah maybe no, a little, bit, <laughs> a little like, bit too much yeah, yeah you know but then it is very sort of much like the first impressions you make are vital and can take you far especially when working in it and yeah I think, um it is everyone knows everyone and everyone's got each other's back as well yeah so that's one thing i like that's that really nice. i think that sounds like a good industry to work in yeah let's move on to uh some more deep questions. Oh, I'll let Eddie use a special bowl and um, we let you, we'll give it, you can pick, pick <laughs> out a question. Be a deep question, that's the thing. Oh, well, I, oh, do I get to actually pick? Yeah, to be fair. You I know about pick. two of them. I you, actually don't know. Just choose Eddie, them. I've honestly forgotten what's in here. Yeah, so. I've got no idea. So if you can open up and read it out for us and then uh, see if you can answer it the best <laughs> you can. Answer. I'm not answering that. <laughs> do you have a five-year plan? Oh, I like that question. That is quite deep. I mean, I... I always did have a five-year plan and then COVID happened. So like, <laughs> yeah. I think like, you know, that kind of really distilled in my brain because I was obviously working in Sweden then um, came back at the start of, oh, thank you. <laughs> came back at the start of, um, came back at the start of that and suddenly that was a really tough pill to swallow because I was kind of like, oh my God, like, what am I doing now? Like, um, it was a really tough time to try and find a job in the industry and that was, I guess, kind of forced me to like rethink of like, you can't have everything planned out. Yeah. Yeah. I think in my head, I do like to have a five-year plan that I do want to kind of make it to designer level. And I do yeah. want to kind of be managing a team of people because I cool. really like, I really like working collaboratively mm -hmm. with people. I really like bouncing ideas off each other. Like I really thrive off that and mm -hmm. kind of, kind of seeing like people's ideas as well. I really like sort of seeing someone come up with something that you've not necessarily come up with. And I guess that's the great thing about being in a team that you do, collaborate and bring those yeah. ideas that sounds is like a good five plan. years a realistic time frame for that role that you're you're wanting to achieve like what's what's progression like in the fashion industry is I it would, is yeah. it once you're in you kind of go in quick go up quickly or is it is it a bit of a slower process i mean i think it like it depends 
I guess it depends kind of what you're doing and it depends kind of who you work, what work sector for. of the industry you work in. Um, <clears throat> I think like one thing I would, one thing I would say is that like you can sort of, you can move up the ladder fairly quickly and there are lots mm. of, there are lots of things that you can branch into. Like yeah. there's, so, there's so many like jobs in fashion that I had no idea existed. Like you could be an influencer manager, yeah. like, you know, things like e-commerce. What was Molly May? Yeah. She was like creative director or something. Oh, creative they, director. they created one for yeah. us. Yeah, that, that didn't <laughs> used to be a job, surely. <laughs> well, things like, you know, I think things like being like social media, like you can do jobs in TikTok. Now. Yeah. You know, TikTok's such a massive like marketing tool for so many brands and yeah, literally. so many people. There's specific jobs in it now. Like it's you can actually train in that. I think you can, do, you can do a degree in social media management. Like it's, yeah. it doesn't surprise me yeah. honestly the amount of it's the way the world's going it's like such a big opportunity to like yeah get yourself into well everything's it. moving online like, it's just gonna get bigger and bigger yeah, and bigger like, so yeah. crazy um moving on from that question kind of keeping it on a similar topic what does success look like for you Ooh. success <laughs> for me is feeling sort of happy and feeling content with what i'm doing and yeah. just kind of being at a stage where i feel like I think I probably would have given you a different answer five years ago. I think we all would. Yeah. Everyone does. I think, yeah, especially kind of as you grow up and you kind of realise more about yourself and about the world. But I think now I just feel like, you know, success for me is just kind of being happy and just being, yeah, being content and just feeling like, yeah, I am doing a good job and I'm happy with where I am. Is there there any aspect of that that requires financial kind of backing for you to be happy so living somewhere comfortably and not worrying about bills and that kind of thing well it's ha- well i guess ideally for everybody that's what they want yeah i mean you know the world that we live in at the moment is crazy there's there's a cost of living crisis for a lot yeah. of people that's not no. for a lot of people it's sadly that's not possible and you know for me like i you know i i've got you know i live i've got a flat with my friend that i live in and yeah. i can pay my bills every month so for me that's that's enough, that's enough for now yeah yeah you don't need everything I think that's yeah, I think I that's think, so true. There's there's this kind of persona that you're not happy until you've got everything that you ever want. But like you say, what you want changes every year, yeah. let alone Definitely. every five years. Definitely. And I saw I saw a quote the other day actually that really resonated with me, and it was saying like a, a successful career at the expense of your mental health and well being is not not a worth yeah. that's, that's a, that's that. a mic yeah. drop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that so that really resonates with me. I think as long as I'm sort of feeling happy and yeah, about what that's I'm doing this is kind of why we started the podcast for those kind of answers and working out is is success the same for everyone or is there a different version of success for for individuals and for you it seems like happiness and kind of making sure that you're waking up every day going to work and being content with what you're doing is success doesn't matter how much money you're making or Mm. what car you're driving to get to work you could always you could walk there and still be the happiest person in the world yeah Yeah, definitely and and it depends like what your priorities are as well like if you do want to make a lot of money that that's that's fine there are there are <clears throat> job careers that you can have that will that will make yeah. money. I guess it depends what you really want to do. I guess like I've always had this thing of like I just want to feel I want to feel happy yeah. and my, and yeah you know, my parents always said that to me as well. Just like do what makes you happy. So. Yeah, mm. and well there was there was that thing going around on TikTok the other day. I think it was Gary V. He said he's got loads of friends who are multi multi millionaires. Yeah. He's got uh, yeah. loads of friends who earn 30, 35, 40 k a year, and he says that. They're the happiest. His friends that earn 30, 35, 40 K a happy year are the, the happiest yeah. people he knows. They go yeah. home from work, they stick their feet up, yeah. they watch their favourite Netflix show, they spend time with their kids. Yeah. And for them, what what more do you want? But yeah. on the other side, you've got the people who are 
obviously earning multi multi millions, but they don't stop. They they they're always grinding, and they never yeah. have that time to maybe enjoy themselves the way. Or even when they do, there's no one with them to spend the money yeah. with. Yeah. They're like, let's go to this restaurant. It's ten grand for a steak. Uh, who's going to go with you, mate? Yeah. <laughs> no, I like I like that happiness. A lot of people, when you ask them what success is, it's always like, when I've bought this or when yeah. I've earned, when I'm on this salary. But I, I feel like life would be a lot simpler for a lot of people if happiness was at the forefront of things. Yeah. And I feel like as as like um, a generational thing, I don't know if it's previous generations on our generation as well, but I feel like there's a stigma around being the one that provides for the family yeah. and making sure you've got enough money. I think some, especially in straight relationships, the male might feel some sort of duty to do it. Yeah, and if they're if they're earning less than their wife, they feel some in some way less of a person, even though it doesn't really matter if you're happy. I feel like you're it's happy. Status as well. Like everyone's always fighting for. Yeah like importance and status and I feel like money to most people is always that's where their importance yeah. comes from so they feel like without the money it's yeah. like I feel like to a lot of people it's who like who am I if I don't yeah. have the money to like represent myself. yeah yeah but um and then going on from that does what you do for work define you as a person oh wow because you, um, you said earlier that you are kind of a fashion designer and that's you now um, yeah, I guess it kind of does. Like, um, I think for me, yeah, it is a big part of my identity. I think, I think maybe I've just made it like that so much. Like maybe I've just kind of made it like a, a thing of like, this needs to be who I am. And, yeah. And I've always quite liked that mm. idea. I think I've always kind of liked this idea of like, I've always, I've al- obviously I've always enjoyed clothes. I've always in- cared a lot about what I wear. And I yeah. guess for me, it, that just feeds into it. Like I just it, enjoy ideas. It just goes, the, the idea is it's when someone says, or asks you what do you do? It's it's always your job. It's yes. it's, it's yeah. what is it it's to have that status? Yeah, but that's not what you do. Like obviously that spends that that that, that fills up a lot of time in your life, but doesn't mean that, that that's all, all you, you are. Do? Yeah. So would you be happy with fashion designer being written on your gravestone? Um. Yeah, I think I probably would. <laughs> like, I think mean, that's 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 the goal, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like I think, and you know, you know like everybody everyone wants kind of that sort of dream big hierarchical sort yeah. of position and everyone yeah. i think a lot of people especially when you're younger i think i think you know when you were at school like it's one of the first things you ask like what do you want to be when you grow up it's yeah. always like you're always thinking that in the like you've always got that sort of in the back of your mind that yeah. that's, that i need to have something that's going to make me make me happy or make me successful but i think ultimately it's just about for me it's just about being happy as much as i enjoy what yeah. i do like it is just about being happy and feeling content. I, I love that. And yeah. I think that leads perfectly on to my final question. <laughs> um, so Jacob Pountney, 26 year old fashion designer. Um, take yourself back again to your 10 year old self, kind of sat in your bedroom, wondering what you wanted to do. Um, looking forward kind of at where you are now. Would that 10 year old boy be happy of, or be proud of the person you are now? Yeah, I think I probably would, you know. I think I would. I think if you'd have said like to me, "This is what you are actually going to do," then yeah, yeah, I think I think I would. I think I would be happy. I think like you know, there's always kind of been there was always that little doubt in the back of my mind, like, "Are you? Is this going to be possible?" And, yeah. Like, I remember actually like um, some friends of my grandparents saying once, like um, when I was about to go to this when I was about to go to uni, about to go into studying fashion, and my um, they were kind of like. Um, but it's not on the national curriculum, is it? So that almost, yeah. kind, of, that almost kind of pushes you. That, old like, chestnut. that almost kind of limits your career options further. Yeah. And I guess that, you know, when I remember kind of, 
a lot of people kind of just assume that if you're going to do a creative subject, then you are just going to end up just doing the same thing. Yeah. Not there's there's nothing wrong with being a teacher at all. Like I'm not saying that, but people just assume that that's what you're going to end up doing, or just yeah. end up just you know just doing just something. Something yeah. that's not you know that you're not actually going to be able to do it. So I guess you know I remember things like that. I, that, that kind of makes me think, no actually no I'm here and I didn't yeah. do it and I'm I'm working in it and yeah I'm, that was I'm perfect. It, so. I feel like you're one of the very few people that your job is like an active representation of a genuine are. interest of something you had. Whereas I feel like a lot yeah. of people they get put down by people saying like arts isn't a good enough industry to go into. So then they become a lawyer, but then deep down it's like I wish I was that fashion designer. Their interest, yeah. From everything that you've said the whole way through, you stuck you, at you it. Just acted upon your, your initial beliefs, interest, yeah. and then yeah. now, like, yeah, yeah. I think, you seem and I'm pretty yeah. happy with what you do, which is I don't know, it's just nice to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm gl- yeah, I'm glad that kind of I guess you know sometimes maybe maybe naivety and being a daydreamer does help because I think that, <laughs> yeah. probably, that probably got. But don't get me wrong, like it's there's been a lot of kind of you do have to kind of get used to rejection, like especially yeah. kind of looking for my first role after after COVID, after finishing my internship, I think I had about 13 unsuccessful interviews before I got that one. Yes. That's what makes a winning and so I must, have, I must yeah. have applied for about yeah. two, over 200 jobs, I think. Really? Like, yeah, wow. a lot. And it's it's not sort of, I think like, I remember as well, like some people would kind of think, well, what's the point in me doing this if I'm yeah. having all these interviews yeah. and being successful? But I remember people kind of saying, no, the industry's like that. You have to keep going. You, you will get there. And you will. And I'm, you know, I'm here from my experience. You will get that. Yeah, don't give up. Jacob, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so yeah, much for having a chat it. with us. Thank you so really much good for chat. Me. It's been Thank such you. a great yeah. chat. Um, I think there's so much to learn from that. Anyone who's going into fashion design or even if you're just thinking about going into a creative industry, I think it shows that there's so, so many different possibilities. But thanks so much for listening or watching. If you're watching on YouTube, you could leave us a, a like, subscribe and um, come back next week for more. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> Two weeks. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs>